Hello, I'm Neil Sutton, editor of Canadian Security Magazine. Welcome to the next episode of Security Women, the podcast, hosted by Sylvia Frazier. In this episode, Sylvia's guest is Pat Patton, security director at the University of Regina in Saskatchewan. Sylvia and Pat have a lot in common. For one thing, they are both recipients of Canadian Securities Security Director of the Year Award. In this episode, Sylvia speaks with Pat about the research she conducted for an MBA program on female leadership roles in security and some of the career advancement barriers they experience. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Commissioners. I have never really thought about a gender gap or a glass ceiling. I have kind of gone about my business of doing the best job I possibly can and thankfully uh, that was recognized. I always thought about my role as mitigating risk, balancing strategy, meeting the needs of our employees. Those are the types of things that male or female uh, you get recognized for. My name is Cheryl Pfeiffer. I'm the Chief Operating Officer with the Commissioners Ottawa Division. Visit us at commissioners.ca. Now here's Sylvia to introduce her guest, Pat Patton. Hi everyone, um, it's Sylvia Fraser. I'm the, the host of Security Women for Canadian Security Magazine, and we have Pat Patton, and she's the Director of Security and Operations at University of Regina. Um, and so happy to have you, Pat. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sylvia. You and I have a lot in common, actually, and I'm, and I'm so, so humbled to have you on this episode today to uh, talk a little bit about your career. Uh, Pat uh, actually started her career as a patrol officer in 1986 for campus security at University of Saskatchewan, and then in 1996 has moved to University of Regina and has overseen the development of campus security from a few part-time contract officer to a full 24-7 operations with 16 staff and a manager of campus security operations. Um, it's very, very impressive. I started a security guard myself, uh, my goodness, over 22 years now. Um, and I certainly can relate to uh, starting from the grassroots. Uh, to follow on Pat's bio, in 2012, Pat was named the Director of Security and Operations, taking on additional responsibility in facilities management. So you've grown in your role. Um, and you've uh, continued to, to develop the, the security-related policies on the campus and um, be a key participant in the strategic initiatives across the campus as well. And you've, you've done so much more and you've been very much recognized uh, nationally as well as the Security Director of the Year uh, by Canadian Security Magazine. Um, and I know you've... Uh, finished your MBA uh, at University of Regina as well, um, in addition to holding a diploma in Justice Administration from Mount Royal University in Calgary. I know uh, Pat is certified at, as a crime prevention practitioner and certified as a crime prevention through environmental design, SEPTED, uh, incident management, uh, and, and you're a longtime active member of uh, IACLIA, um, and you've you are participating in, in various uh, committees as well, and vast experience, and I'm humbled to talk to you today, Pat. Uh, very much uh, excited to, uh, to hear 
about how has COVID been impacting the huge role that you have, not only in security, but also facilities management for the University of Regina. And I wanted to ask you uh, about how you've, you've dealt with it uh, from a, a strategic perspective. What are some of the key aspects of it that you're dealing with right now um, that you can, uh, you can tell us about? Well, thank you, Sylvia. Thank you for the kind introduction. Um, you know, as you were reading off uh, parts of my bio, I really uh, was struck again as a reminder of uh, how many different wonderful opportunities I've had in this industry and in particular in uh, post-secondary. Um, it's certainly a great environment to be in. And again, I've had great opportunities and great leadership along the way. Um, certainly, as we talk about COVID and uh, the issues we're faced with, and uh, here in Saskatchewan, unfortunately, our cases are on the rise uh, where they to levels they haven't been at uh, so far. But um, certainly, I've been able to um, take some of the knowledge that I have from other parts of my job and certainly shift into helping in areas where we really needed help. And uh, for instance, I'm leading um, a group that is discussing how do we bring back students? How do we bring back employees? And kind of working on different plans like that. So that's one of the key roles that I've had recently. And I think a lot of that comes from the emergency preparedness that we all know and are so much a part of in the security industry. Uh, for sure, for sure, and and having uh, been involved in in some of the uh, the COVID uh, return to work strategies, I can appreciate the amount of effort that goes into um, and and how you have to really really be well rounded on what happens on the ground and what processes should you put in place and and really kind of bouncing from you know what is the strategy and you know how do you actually implement it and it's so and change and being agile and nimble and and being able to implement it uh, you know sometimes on the fly so um so happy to that you share that um, and um, I wanted to to chat with you about uh, some of the the research that you have uh, recently done. I'm so so excited when when you and I just connected, and so interested in sharing those learnings that you gathered through your research on women in security, in particular. As I mentioned, you know, you you and I have a lot in common, starting the ground roots, and you know, we really really. Um, uh, are uh, focused on making an impact, very involved in the industry, um, both women in security um, who have made an impact and continues to do so. Can you tell us about that research and some of the lessons that we can share? Sure. Um, you know, one of the things that's been very much a part of my career and my development is lifelong learning. And um, if there's a, a, some training that's offered or an opportunity, I will take it. And um, one of the things of working in a post-secondary institution that I don't know why, but I never took the advantage of being able to take classes here. And uh, I got to a point in my career and my life where I felt I did have a little bit of time and I entered in the Levine School of Business here at the University of Regina and took my Master's of Business and it was a two-year 
very hard and fast um, cohort-based uh, education. And I can honestly say it was one of the pinnacle experiences of my life in terms of the lessons I learned from other people and from just the classes I took and then getting into the final part, which is a capstone project. And uh, we were encouraged to do it on something that was, uh, that was meaningful to us. And of course, my background lent me to uh, the uh, research of the barriers to women leaders in the campus security industry. And uh, it's certainly something that I've seen over my career as much as we try, we still don't seem to be making a ton of headway in that area. So as a part of the research, we did a literature review and looked at what's out there in the industry. Of course, the campus security industry is a small sector of the uh, sec security industry as a whole, and that um, security and law enforcement is even a broader subject. But I did notice that um, a lot of the information that I saw in terms of both in police and in campus security, there's only about 15% of the leadership roles are occupied by women. Um, in the security industry as a whole, we're doing much better, um, but not where we should be at 25%. So we are gaining a bit of ground in getting women into these key roles. It, it was a, a good subject for me to take the time to look at. So um, as I looked at it a little bit, um, I had to look at in particular the campus environment and how diverse we are here. We're essentially small cities within a city. And to me, it, it lends itself to be a, a real kind of a cross between policing and traditional security and something in the middle. And it's uh, um, really... I've been able to apply a lot of the things that I thought about when I was thinking about going into law enforcement, but also the learnings from the security world. So um, what I found in the research was that there were three key barriers that basically kept women from getting into those leadership roles. And the three, were, three barriers were uh, work-life balance, uh, leadership style, and workplace culture. So when I'm talking about work-life balancing, thinking about the issues that many of us have when it comes to parenting uh, and the expectations of women as the, the primary caregiver, and then trying to mix that in with the kind of the odd uh, work balance of security and policing occupations, where we often have shift work and that certainly was an issue with me when I when uh, my kids were little and it was a really a barrier to me staying in the patrol role that I was in at the time. Um, as far as leadership style, a lot of times what we're finding in in the literature was that women really lack mentors and role models who are women. I know in my career I've had some great mentors and some great role models but not many of them are women and not many of them are women in this occupation certainly it's growing and I've certainly found some that have been a great help to me but when we look at our departments or our, our uh, operations 
um, trying to be that mentor for those young women that are coming in is, is really quite important. The other part of that is around the style of leadership that women have. And women are more what is described as a communal leader. And that's, uh, you know, a little bit more often um, concerned for the group and a transformative type uh, leader, whereas men are more agentic in style. So a little bit on the strong side, authoritarian, that type of, of leader. Now, that's not to say that every man is one way and every woman is the other way, but our natural instincts lend us towards a certain style. And that was something that the, the literature showed me. So when we get into uh, different departments, we find that that diversity of thought isn't necessarily there. And so for women trying to break that glass ceiling in some of these departments is challenging because we don't often fit into the style of leadership that people are used to seeing in those areas. And actually, one interesting fact that I found is that when we do have women who step into a style of leadership that is more common to men, they are often penalized because they are essentially breaking social norms of what, what we might be used to. So the third barrier that I found was uh, the workplace culture. And again, it's similar to what I was just saying, this fitting into a male culture rather than trying to adapt a culture to the entire diverse body of, of people that might come into our units. An interesting fact that I, that I saw was that in some police departments, uh, women are seen as when they, they go on, on maternity leaves or things, they're not seen as being as committed to the work as men because they're taking this time off from their work. And it really puts all of us women in a real quandary of, of wanting to maintain our, our work, but also um, trying to be a part of our family the way we think we should be. So um, those are the three kind of key barriers that I found. As we start to think about some of these things, we, we think, well, you know, these same types of issues are in other occupations, aren't they? And I would agree, yes, they are. But I think whether it's policing or security, I think as an industry, we haven't really um, dealt with it in the same extent as, say, the occupation of nursing, where a predominant number of women are nurses. And there's ways that they've been able to work around things like childcare. Or I shouldn't say work around them. They've been able to help coach their employment group to be able to figure out ways to do that. So, you know, when you're talking about leadership in general, we know that leadership is not neutral in gender. So we have to figure out ways, again, to um, allow men to be more um, acceptable in their leadership style to women and allow women to be more acceptable to men in their styles of, of leadership. So, so interesting, Pat, uh, to, to hear you talk about this. I myself have done some research as part of um, my psychology certificate at Ryerson on women in security. And, and one of the striking things, and, and you said it, is, is uh, how much uh, that there isn't enough research, actually, um, if you think about it, uh, particular to women in security. So when I was doing research, I ended up looking a lot of uh, women in 
um, corrections, women in policing, and and some of the the barriers that you've um, you've identified so so nicely and, and nicely done. I have to congratulate you because it's um, some of those barriers. Although my research wasn't focused on the barriers per se, was more so around why do women choose um, uh, a law enforcement career. Uh, but those barriers mm -hmm. came loud and clear as I was doing the interviews uh, with a number of women across different um, areas within security and law enforcement. And, and so it's fascinating to hear. Um, and, and what I'm very interested in um, is, is uh, so what do we do about it? Well, you know, that's, that's the uh, million dollar question, isn't it? I, I, you know, I think um, as I was doing the research and looking at this, I thought, well, this seems to be coming too easy. We know all this. How can this be good research? But the the actual idea is that we need to continue to do more of this and carry on discussions like what we're doing. Um, I think all of the women that are listening to this and, and are in our industry would say the value of the diversity of thought that having a, a balanced workforce of men, women, women of color, men of color, of different uh, gender diversity, all of those things just makes us reflect our community even more. And I think um, as I look through the research, I think the obvious question is that there are not women filling roles on the front line like you and I may have done at the beginning of our careers. So they're not necessarily moving into leadership roles. So that's kind of where I started to go in terms of the um, recommendations that I made. And I, I just came up with four kind of points that I think will help us in the future. And, and they're things that I'm going to put to um, use in my work. And the first one is uh, increasing that mentorship, looking for opportunities maybe like this, or like speaking at a conference or um, more one-on-one -on -one type mentorship with employees where um, we take some of those young women that are just getting into um, the workforce, into our industries, and take them under our wing, I guess, and, and give them that uh, support that they need in kind of guiding their career going forward. The second one that I recognized was that I really want to see if we can somehow raise the profile of industry opportunities, whether it be in what I was focused on of campus security, but in security in general, and really do a good job of demonstrating to people the, the style and the types of work that are available in this occupation. Um, I could have never imagined where my career would have gone uh, when someone said to me, you should apply for this job in campus security. And um, and same with the uh, with the security industry as a whole. As I spoke to a couple of the uh, the the women that I interviewed, there was really a, a recognition that there was so much there that they didn't know that we don't get out about our industry and how rich it is in terms of opportunity. So I think that's number two. Uh, the third point I think is we really need to focus on, and I think this is happening a lot more in say the business setting and things where there is leadership training by and for women. Um, again, um, we need to be leading in a way that is, I guess, more akin to how we would, would feel comfortable in leading. And I think as we continue to develop that, 
I think those opportunities will come and then other young women will be able to see themselves in that training. And uh, the fourth one, and again, a, a fairly obvious one that I don't think is a, a, a big secret to anyone, but I think we need to encourage and seek out really diverse hiring pools. And it's often really easy, especially right now when there's a lot of people looking for work to uh, just take those applications that come in and, and just go after the, the, uh, the, the top, top 10 people in that list. But I think we really need to reach out, whether it be to um, schools that provide law enforcement or security training or um, different types of organizations where we can actually really go and target uh, diverse hiring uh, strategies. So I think those are kind of the four things that I kind of summarized in my paper to try and work on uh, going forward. That's great, Pat. That's amazing. You know, when you've touched on so many great, great points there, um, and I totally agree. Raising our and you know, raising our profiles on industry um, and professionalizing it, and and really being able to talk about um, all the great opportunities out there and the mentorship and and I love what you said about leadership. Uh, you know, by women for women. I think that's that's a key aspect there, and also to encourage diversity. Um, in the hiring, because you're right, it's not just about, I mean, we're talking about women in security now, but we're really, it's around diversity and equity um, that we really should be talking about. And the more we yeah. uh, broaden our, our uh, you know, our our, um, our horizons and really, really, you know, be open um, and, and be able to talk like we're doing right now. I, I sure yeah. hope that you're going to write about this, Pat. I, you and I talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> great um i am so humbled by by all the experience and all the the wisdom that you bring uh, to our uh, industry to our security industry through you know through we have so much to learn from you i i uh, thank hope you. you follow up with an article as yeah. we talk I think this we should talk about this. I think it's one way of of raising that uh, profile for security, uh, the security profession as a whole, um, and and really talk about uh, you know to students and and really broaden that message yeah. out. So, any any other recommendations that you have? Anything that you'd like to add? Well, just a, a couple of uh, little thoughts that I have, Sylvia. And first one is to thank you for the work that you're doing um, to try and, again, find that opportunity for women to get the message out and talk to other women. Um, I think we need to do more of that. And as much as I, again, I, I, I feel like over the years I've had some really great mentors and things, but I think as women, we have to pull each other along sometimes. And uh give each other a, a leg up. And I think that that will help us to um, help, uh, you know, again, that diverse community realize the value of having um, women, women of color, women of dif differing abilities, uh, women of different gender and men of different gender as well. So I, I think that there's so much richness in what each of us has in our experience and our learning. Uh, I hope people keep learning. Uh, keep uh, talking to each other and let's see if we can continue to make things better for the women that come behind us. Absolutely. It's time for us to, you know, really kind of uh, stem behind 
the the new workforce, the future workforce, and and really look at how can we do to make this, uh, you know, more inclusive. And um, and that's that's the work that uh, that you are doing. And and I'm so pleased to to talk to you today. Um, I want to thank you very much, Pat, uh, for being on a, on our podcast. And look forward to uh, the the great lessons that you're going to be sharing with the industry as we move forward as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sylvia. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Security Women, the podcast. You can find more security-themed podcasts on our website at canadiansecuritymag.com. I'm Neil Sutton. Thanks for listening.